0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Friday, so it's the weekly wrap. And wrapping the week that's almost concluded is Arnu Smith from Sky Blue Fund Managers in Cape Town. Arnu, there's so much to talk about, despite the fact it's a short week. The oil price is front of mind at the moment because that has implications for not just the South African economy, but the world economy. We've had a couple of data releases from South Africa, but I think let's start with the United States of America if we can and this rumbling sort of gargantuan bull market that has been going on since the end of December, culminating this week in new highs for the major indexes.
1: Yes, uh, look, it's it's quite astounding. I mean, I I don't think anybody was expecting this. There was quite a gloomy outlook, I would say, in the market, especially with regards to the U.S., and it was more valuation based. So, and those markets are still fairly expensive if you look at multiples. So, it's not as the the earnings is, uh, has has reduced uh, the multiples. So, if you look at a simple PE, it's just that the estimates was was low, and companies has beaten those estimates. So, I think the the market is just saying look, companies. It seems as though they're still making money. So, therefore, the current multiple is still justified. And that's why we're seeing these new highs. I mean, and the reaction to earnings has has been fairly big. Uh, The the bigger companies which have beaten uh, the estimates, I mean, some of them are up 15% Mm. on on that event. So, you know, and and, and then you get the companies who's not beaten estimates, and uh, those companies are down 20-odd percent. And it's funny that the companies that are beating uh, estimates, it seems to be a lot of them are technology companies, the companies is not beating estimates is actually more than the traditional industries. Um, so, it, I, I don't know if it tells you something about the US economy. Um, maybe the economy isn't as sound as people tend to believe because remember, the, a lot of those big. Global companies don't make their earnings in the U.S. They make them from outside the, the U.S. So, yeah, I suppose the proof is in the pudding and, and be waiting for the GDP numbers to be published in the U.S. So we'll have a far clearer indication of, of what economic growth looks like in, in the U.S. But, mm-hmm. I mean, re- retail re- retail sales, sorry, Denzi, the Very retail right. sales in the U.S. Is, has also uh, gone up substantially. So that's, that's a, a higher. Motor vehicle sales is also a lot better. Um, but then... Uh, alongside that, you've got some of the industrial data that came out and production data that came out, which doesn't very well, which looks weak. Um, so it would be interesting to see the GDP numbers and have a, a better indication of what's happening in, in the US economy. But yeah, if you look at earnings, it, it looks as though uh, companies are doing f- well compared to estimates. But remember, those estimates is, is very, very low. So we could end up with negative earnings growth. Still, although they've beaten the estimates.
0: Do you think that this is manufactured every single quarter? You get people saying, Well, we think the, est- we, we think the earnings are going to be this, and they deliberately underplay the earnings. They, they're very conservative. And so that when the market actually sees the real numbers, the share price rallies 4%, 10%, whatever it is. I mean, look at what happened with Twitter this week. Look what happened with Amazon last night. Those numbers. How can you get it so wrong? That was a massive, massive beat. I think it's its management
1: uh, playing the market if you ask me up I've, I've been we've seen this over and over again if if it's bad uh, they tend to write off everything they can um because that creates a very low base for the next year and I think it's the short-term focus on what's the 12 month number instead of having a 2 year 3 year uh, you know look through uh, the focus is always on and especially the US market but I think it's also partly due to media hyping the whole earnings season. And this one was was very important given the tax cuts we've seen and the whole Trump administration and all of that. So, but, but there's a very, very big focus on the 12-month number instead of looking through the number. And that's why I said estimates was very, very low. So it wasn't difficult to beat the estimates. Earnings as a whole... And remember, we haven't seen all the earnings. We've probably got two weeks left, if not three weeks, until we've seen all the earnings. Yes. Um, but but earnings as a whole might actually still be mm-hmm. negative. So it, it's not as though we're having a very good earnings growth. It's just the market is, is focused on this 12-month number, and it seems as though companies are beating the estimates on a 12-month number. And I think you are quite right. I think management... Is very clever in playing this theme. Um, they they under under promise, over deliver, and I think it works for them. And and the, somehow the market just eats it up as the hoods. It's actually it, it works for them. Um, and and I think the focus should actually be on 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 the longer term earnings growth, and earnings growth as a whole, as opposed to earnings versus an estimate makes much more sense to
0: me. The other thing that happened this week was that Pinterest, I think it was this week anyway. Yes, it was this week, Pinterest listed. I mean, how many more social media companies are there? I mean, Mm. we've got Snap and we've got Twitter and we've got Facebook and we've got all sorts of other things. Uh, But Pinterest comes to the market. That's to me is a slight red flag. It's, I mean, I'd, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm dumbing down Pinterest a bit, but I don't use Pinterest. I know people that do, and there's lots of lovely, lovely pictures. But when that comes to the market, and it be, it's beating Boeing, I think to myself, well, maybe there's something askew here.
1: Yeah, I suppose it feels almost like the IT bubble. And I'm not saying it's yes. a bubble. I'm just saying it It, it feels very familiar. Um, and I'm 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 on, I'm with you on that. I mean, but it might be that it's new technology, new generation stuff versus the old stuff we used to. And it's very difficult to value something like a Pinterest. What type of value do you do you put on it? If and because you can't really use the current revenue that's been generated because they're listing to actually build the social community and therefore make more money over time, the Facebook type of. Uh, model So it is very difficult to put a put, to put a price or a multiple or a valuation on that type of company and I suppose you have to be an expert in that in that field and I'm I'm not I'm like you I don't really use Pinterest so I've got no clue whether it's actually working or not and I mean I, I speak to some of the younger people in the office and they they prefer uh, Instagram as opposed to Twitter and Facebook these days. If mm. You see, younger people, they would say Facebook is old. It's for the old people.
0: Oh, yeah. And so, nice. I don't know. And I
1: still use Facebook, so I suppose it tells me. I
0: wonder what their definition mine. of old is. I mean, I've never used Facebook, so that must mean I'm really, really ancient. <laughs> <laughs> Vodacom and MTN, is us talk about other technology companies because, you know, 20 years ago, these were the height of technology when it came to investing. and And suddenly the. Consumer body, uh, Competition Commission, excuse me, yep. has uh, yep. said that well, our data charges are too high. Our data charges are too high, we know that. And our service delivery is far, far below par compared to other countries yep. in the world. We really are lagging behind, despite the massive amount of capex that these companies put into their businesses every year. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it, you know, shareholders don't complain about that because obviously you get the cash flow. And then that's why MTN. Pays out such nice dividends Because of that, the, the, the charges They charge the consumer So mm. so the point the competition commission Made was, well one of the points Was specifically that The charges they charge outside Of South Africa is actually less than what they Charge the local consumer mm. And that doesn't make any sense um, So it's going to be interesting Look, look There's other players, there's, there's uh, RAIN is one, the Telecom's got its own Broadband data service It just seems as though consumers don't really make use of those players. So until we see a big shift into the competitors, you know, MTN and Vodacom has got a monopoly or whatever you're not, not a monopoly, oligopoly, I suppose you need to call it. Um, and, And it's going to be very difficult to break that down unless government steps in and regulates it. And I think we might be close to that point where government says, and I think this ruling, again, tells them that you better sort out this out or we'll sort it out for you. So yes. it is problematic. Um, it's not a good thing, I suppose, for shareholders, although those companies are, would still be making uh, positive cash flow. It's not as though they'd be making losses. So it's not all bad, but yes, it's interesting and, and it's worth it's worth watching. I mean, both those companies, the SA market is still by far the biggest market for them. So it might they might be forced to look at other markets and push more capex into the other markets to grow those markets um, so it's interesting times yeah
0: yes it is talking about consumers and talking about consumer confidence which is what we're going to do now it says here mm-hmm. and i'm reading this from uh, fmb this is the consumer confidence quarterly release and it says after holding steady at plus seven points between the third and fourth quarters of 2018, the FNBBER Consumer Confidence Index renewed its downward trajectory with a drop to plus two index points during the first quarter of 2019. Ramaphoria, it was up at 26. Now it's down at two. So Ramaphosa mm. comes in. Ramaphosa is still in, but it goes from 26 to two. We are shot when it comes to confidence. We are on our knees, Arnu Smith.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly how you can't put it. In. Yeah, it's it it looks dire. I mean, if you if you look at most of the data points, the consumer is down and out, but and that's that's fed into uh, margins in in retailers as well. We've seen a margin, uh, you know, mar- margins is definitely under pressure in the in the retailers. Uh, some of them are surviving uh, and and making profits, like clicks and so forth, doing quite well. But the majority, there's definitely a margin squeeze, and and that tells you so. I wouldn't say the consumer confidence number that came out is a surprise. I think it should have been expected that we'll have a much lower number. Uh, you don't have any private credit extension. Uh, you know, those types of numbers tells you that the consumer's under pressure. The retail mm-hmm. numbers also isn't great. So this is just, it was just a matter of time. We're just waiting for the data point, how low it is, basically. And look at, uh, it would be interesting, and I haven't done that type of research. It might be interesting if, if, if if we do that, and we can discuss it then uh, next week or the week thereafter. But I, I would I would suggest there's probably a correlation between voting or elections and consumer confidence. Because I think this almost happens before each and every election, and that's why it's it's so chaotic in South Africa currently from a political point of view is, is it's elections. So obviously everybody is, is fighting for voters. Obviously, to, to gain more power within Parliament, um, ultimately. And um, the consumer, uh, yeah, it's, 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 so it's not great. I um, mean, and we're not going to have any better outcome, I think, until we've seen what happens in the elections. Because uh, even if Ramaphosa is in, he can't really do anything until after the elections. Until after he's now proven his power within the ANC and within Parliament, they, they can't really do anything. So there is lots of. Positive things are happening. Um, there's, there's a couple of capex projects coming in, and but ultimately the consumer is definitely they they're having problems. Um, I mean, the, yes, the, the majority the, of the let people me just, are struggling.
0: Let me just read this to you from the uh, FMB chief economist, Matakinka Ngwenya. She says, given the Disproportionately large spending power of high-income households. The significant deterioration in consumer confidence among high-income households does not bode well for the ailing retail sector. And the bottom line is, uh, she goes on to say, in concluding her report, is the the following. The deterioration in consumer spending during the first quarter mirrors the drop in the RMB BER Business Confidence Index and points to dismal growth in consumer spending in the first half of 2019. Credit extension data points to increase borrowing from especially high and middle income households in order to maintain quality of life amidst deteriorating income growth. So we're borrowing more in order just to stay afloat. This is this is terrible. Yep.
1: Uh, I think and you can see that if, if you look at mortgage extension, there's very little growth in, in mortgages. All the most of the credit extension goes into the credit card type of or unsecured debt type of credit. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what 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 she's pointing out is that the consumer, especially that middle to low income consumer, he's now borrowing to just uh, stay afloat, and that that is not a good situation. No, and you know, and and, and that, that that probably feeds into all the social unrest we have, combined with the elections coming up. I think it's just you know it just, just creates this environment where it's easy for for somebody, a politician, to stand up and make the right noises and and get people. To to start protesting about service delivery and stuff because people are you know in Afrikaans we use a word which I, wherever we can use it on the radio but I yeah, think okay. people are just tired they they just saying look I've, we've had enough um, I can't afford to buy bread for my children can't afford education and the, the government isn't isn't giving me any services I'm not even feeling safe in my own country so yeah it, it is it's, it's not a great scenario um, but. Until the elections, I don't see anything changing, unfortunately.
0: Well, the election's only a week away now, isn't it? I mean, when is the election? Exactly. May the 8th. I mean, that is two weeks away. We're we're on the verge of quite an important election here. I don't know if there's going to be any surprises, and we won't talk about that today. We'll talk about that next week, and we'll do a a proper sort of election run-in, if you like, over Mm -hmm. those few days. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be incredibly interesting. The oil price is incredibly interesting. We'll have a look at the oil price after the break. The Weekly Wrap Part 2 will be back in a moment. To keep in touch with the latest podcasts on strictlybusinesspodcast.com, you can follow at Strictly on Twitter. That's at Strictly Welcome back to the Weekly Wrap, part two now with Arnu Smith from Sky Blue Fund Managers. Arnu, the oil price has jumped this week and it's all to do with Mr. Trump and Mr. Pompeo and mainly Mr. Trump, of course, because he hates Iran. He's probably got intelligence that we don't mm. know about. But um, on the other hand, it's also an Obama legacy that he's trying to undo because he's a vindictive so-and-so. But anyway, the point is that he's trying to stop every single drop of oil getting out of that country. So there's absolutely no income whatsoever. So the economy comes to its knees and he dismantles the current regime. Point is, $75 a barrel for oil, also not great for South Africa.
1: Yeah, look, oil has always been a geopolitical animal and and we're seeing it again now. Um, And it's interesting that Trump is now, I think, only the first president of the United States who's... Going across to the UK with the Queen for a state visit, your your home country. <laughs> and, He's not going to, you, you know. Have... It,
0: the interesting thing about that is that he, he did it before and Prince Charles and the other princes wouldn't meet him. The Queen did, of course, and he, exactly, he stuffed yeah. it up completely protocol-wise. He walked in front of her, he yeah, yeah, lumbered yeah. around. But um, it's also inter- interesting to see if he's allowed to address Parliament. I'm not sure about that, but it, it is a very interesting <laughs> interesting uh, dynamic that's going to go on there, and he doesn't care because he's too stupid and too thick-skinned to understand what's going on. He just goes there and <laughs> just wand- wanders around and, <laughs> and makes his silly I think it's comments. easy to
1: say that you're not a Trump fan. <laughs> Well, you know, Anna, how did you? How did you? You
0: should be a psychologist, mate, with that kind of with that kind of insight. Let's go back yeah. to the oil price dangerous stuff. So,
1: yeah, so, so, so why I mentioned that is so that's happening, and then you've got Russia and North Korea also meeting one another, and start talking again. And uh, in the middle, you've got Iran. So now, the, what we've heard now is from Iran is that they're saying, well, they'll, they will still sell they will find buyers for their oil. So the US can put sanctions on, but they will find other buyers for their oil. So this is very interesting because it would, it would be interesting to see who they find as buyers for their oil because then obviously it t- tells you something about the geopolit- politics. In terms of who, who's allying with who or who's you know teaming up with, with who. But in the meantime, we are seeing the effect on the world price. Yeah. So it's, it's great for Sasol, and we've seen that in, in the Sasol price. Yes, It's not great, again, for the consumer, and we've seen that in the PPI number. PPI came out at 6.6, higher than expected. It tells you that there is some inflation, now some outside inflation coming into the production numbers and um the the problem with that is obviously we've just spoken about the consumer. if this feeds into c p i you'll have a consumer who's completely down and out so it it's worthwhile watching, but there's nothing we can do about it I mean the oil price we are a price taker in South Africa we're definitely not a price maker so and that's an outside factor the when it how much of it feeds into consumer price inflation so inflation consumer inflation is is basically due to the purchasing power of the consumer. And the consumer doesn't have much of that currently. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if not a lot of this feeds through from the PPI into the CPI just because the consumer is so down and out. So uh, I think it's worth watching, definitely. And I know there's a lot of people who's saying now that we might see higher inflation. I still think there's a fairly high base for inflation towards June, July um, from the previous year, from 2018. So inflation might not be as high as as, is currently being priced in, given the oil price. But that's a base effect combined with a a very weak consumer. Um, And it's just a case of how much of the PPI can actually feed through to CPI. Um, but what is concerning, again, is that we've seen the the big increases in, in taxes on, on petrol. And it was done partly to increase tax revenue in South Africa due to our, our constraints. And it was done when the oil price was very low. So they could have implemented now. So, but I think those policy choices might come back to haunt us now. Because if we see an increase in oil prices like we have seen now and it stays where it is or even go higher, then we've got a problem. Now you've got inflation with almost no growth and that's a type of stagflation inflation scenario and that's not where you want to be. That's a complete that's a disaster for South Africa if it happens. So hopefully we don't get there, um, but it's worth watching. Like I said, inflation, I always tell the people inflation, you need to remember it's a base f- effect. The base effect is far bigger than the actual price increases. So you need to go and look where the prices was a year ago. And we do have a slightly high based in 2018 to work with so that could could help us um, moving into june july and further on in the in the year
0: let's hope so anything else you saw this week i knew you saw pick and pays numbers coming out this morning maybe that's the final thing because we've been talking about the spending power of the south african consumer and the ailing retail sector as described by fmb in its consumer confidence index release from earlier this week pick and pay numbers mm-hmm. i thought were rather respectable and a nice dividend increase
1: Yeah, no, i got to say, I mean, that's almost contrary to to the other retailers. Um, But uh, if you go back again, if you go back two years, three years ago, pick and pay was really struggling. I mean, they implemented a new stock system which didn't work and it took time for that system to work into the stores. And obviously, they now, uh, you know, it's now working and that's why I think the numbers are looking better um, for pick and pay. But uh, Combined with clicks, they are the outliers. They are not the norm when it comes to retailers. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the pick-and-pay numbers aren't bad, but that's not the norm. That's that's the outlier combined with clicks, and, and and there's a couple of others that you can mention. But as a whole, if you look at consumer stocks uh, and you look at margin squeeze, they are really struggling. So, yeah, interesting times. Um, but like I said, I, I don't think much would change until the elections, and until we know exactly what the outcome is and how easy it would be to implement some policy and and actually action those policy you know i don't know if anything would change until we see that and and hopefully we don't have too many surprises in the elections and we'll we'll talk about that next week as you said yes, we're running right. into the elections but um yeah because I, I think any any big surprise might actually not be positive um yeah
0: I have to sort of set the scene now and I have to ask you a very personal question and an impertinent question as well. Are you going to be, I won't ask you who you're going to vote for. Are you going to be a strategic voter or a voter with your heart or your head? So strategic heart or head, what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, that that probably tells you more or less tells you if you've asked that question for anyone in South Africa, more or less tells you who they're going to vote for. I suppose I need to be careful how I answer the question. Yes. Look, it's, it's a it's a very difficult question, um, and I think most of the people I've spoken to, you will see a difference in the national vote that cost versus the provincial vote. Yes, you know your local vote. So being in the Western Cape, you probably vote for one party, and nationally you might vote for another party. That's yeah. the way I, I, I would go. Yes. Um. And and it 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 is very interesting because yesterday we were at a, a broker function that we held up, up in Joburg or hosted up in Joburg. Um, and there were ten, 10 people, which is not a huge amount of people, but it's 10 people from very different backgrounds. Um, right. And we asked them the question, firstly, we asked them, do you know who you're going to vote for? Four out of them didn't have a clue who they're going to vote for. So they were still undecided. Yeah. And 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 then we asked them this more or less the same question you just asked me. and. A lot of them seems to be voting strategically more so than, you know, what they used to vote for in the past. Okay. So so we might see a, we might see a surprise, but it might not be a surprise as in a new party. It might be a surprise that one party gets more strength uh, after the election than what they had before the election. So, well, But we'll, we'll have to see what happens. I, I think there's you know, and, and that's the point we discussed yesterday as well, South Africa is such a diverse uh, society that you can't really to make any poll or survey beforehand, even if it's based on a very large population, uh, statistical population, um, or sample. Uh, it probably tells you very little, because those surveys can't really reach into the far out uh, regions of Northwest and Northern Cape and those areas or Free mm. State, because they it's very difficult to reach those 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 voters. So any survey you got to take it with a pinch of salt. It doesn't really tell you anything. I've, I know there was a survey out earlier this week or towards the end of last week, I think it was, which was showing a, a very big up, uptake in, in EFF voting and the uh, ANC strengthening its hold. And I can't remember the exact numbers. But I would take those surveys with a pinch of salt because those, those surveys only reaches people that they can reach electronically. And if you can't be reached, they can't count you into the survey. Now, yes, you can argue that most of the people should have a cell phone, and they do have a cell phone, but I don't think those surveys go deep enough. I think if, if, if you talk to the guys who did the, and you would know this, the guys who did the Brexit thing and the Trump thing and actually got it right, who monitored social media as opposed to surveys, yes. um, you might get a far better indication of what might happen on the 8th of May, because I think if you just go through Twitter and you just type in some of the political parties or some of the issues and you look at the the comments on Twitter, I think that gives you a far better insight than some of the surveys that comes out. But that's just my
0: opinion. We will talk about this in greater detail next week. Another short week next week, apparently. Yes. Uh, yes. Wednesday is a day off, right?
1: Exactly, in the middle of the week, it's creating havoc for most of the people who try, who's trying to do business, or who's trying to manage people's money. Uh, the days in between doesn't really work. Three weeks, but three weeks of short
0: plan. weeks, three weeks of lack of productivity, yes. lack of production, lack of economic growth. Anyway, anyway, we have to do it. Anyway, Arnie Smith, thank you very much for your insight uh, today. That's Arnie Smith from Sky Blue Fund Managers, and that was the weekly wrap. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with ShareNet.co.za.